Welcome to Canada's podcast. Hello, I'm Mario Taniguzzi, Managing Editor of Canada's Podcast. Joining me today on Edmonton's podcast is Jesse Shuchak, who is founder and CEO of Modern Muse Media. Thanks for joining us today, uh, Jesse. Well, thank you for having me. Well, let's talk about what you do uh, and, and what, you know, it's kind of uh, similar in some ways. And we'll get into a conversation about uh, video and social media and all that stuff as well. But let's start off by uh, just talking a little bit about Modern Muse uh, Media and what you do. Well, we are Alberta's premier video training agency. We do have clients as well uh, across Canada into the States. Um, but what we do is actually boutique white glove video training. So different from video production companies. Uh, and at one time we did do production, but our focus right now is on educating and empowering and elevating folks to really embrace this video thing that can be really daunting and overwhelming for businesses. Let me uh, yeah, just ask: How did you start in all this, and and the and the why? What uh, why did you start in this? Well, the why goes back a long time. So I've been shooting videos since I was ten years old with my grandma and grandpa's VHS camcorder that I could barely oh, yeah. on my <laughs> shoulder. <laughs> and then when but I was in much easier with these two these days, right? <laughs> uh, when I was in high school, I did an aptitude test and it said broadcast. And I was 17 oh. when I started school, 19 when I began my career. And here we are uh, 24 years later. So I've done everything under the sun other than feature film, which is on my bucket list. But I've done oil and gas videos up in Fort McMurray. I've done entertainment reporting for City TV on camera. And then I was co-executive producer of an award-winning television series called Blackstone, which you can find on Netflix and Amazon and CBC. And I did that for seven, eight years, five seasons. And then I started my own company, Modern Mute Media, thereafter. So what was the attraction for you uh, for, for video? You know, I was the second eldest of 11 grandchildren in a big Ukrainian family, and I just loved capturing visual performance, if you will. So I would watch my cousins and we would do commercials or music videos to rock set and, you know, different 80s tunes and such. And I just loved using the camera and, and capturing those moments. And unfortunately, we don't have any of those moments because grandpa may have recorded my grandma's favorite soap opera over top of them. And she may have almost killed them that day. Um, but it was just, yeah, it was just what we did. And now I've taken that fun and that hobby and turned it into not only a lifelong career, really, but also a business. Yeah. Now, when you look at uh, video, can you talk a little bit about our fascination, I guess, these days for for video? Like, you know, obviously with, uh, you know, the Instagram and TikTok out there, et cetera, we seem to be, as a society, just fascinated by this. Well, video is a way that we can transcend the lens in order to get that human connection. And honestly, through COVID, our business actually did quite well. Uh, because of that. So prior to that, I was standing on a skyscraper, if you will, for a visual saying, everybody needs video. And then during the pandemic, you know, I rappelled down to ground zero where everyone was needing help to embrace this technology. 
what we do through video is we actually create that experience of being able to connect with folks almost in person. And it's that person form and it's the energy and it's the tone and the voice and and the face facial features that we're getting to see and, and hear. And so it is the next best thing to in-person. Video yeah. also takes you into those fly-on-the-wall experiences that we all love and crave, you know? So it's why what people are having for breakfast or how you make a smoothie or watching your workout for the day, people want to see this. And I think it's about belonging. I think it's about community. And video is the medium to do all of that. How effective do you think uh, video is for, for businesses? It is the premier way to market and build your business and it is not going away. So I think that there is a bit of mentality and I feel definitely people who are adverse to this, they think it's going away just like folks thought Facebook was going away and that it would never be used for business. (laughs) And that was proven wrong. Uh, We are just going to be seeing more and more of video messages and and videoing of everything. You know, there's a thought leader and in the business called Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk. And he was has been saying for years and years that every single business will be what they obviously focus on and the, their expertise, as well as in-house production companies, which is why in June of last year, we shut down our production arm and pivoted to focus primarily and solely on video training. Because how our dentist offices and nonprofits and um, plumbing agencies or whatever the case may be yeah. going to know how to do this. You know, they're expected to know social media. We finally have people finding embrace, finally embracing this. And now, now they're going to need to do video. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And so of course there's discomfort and people going, no, I mean, enough is enough, but where the future is going and heading is that organizations and businesses will need to know how to do professional awesome video from within. And we as trailblazers are an organization that comes to your place of business and we work with you in-house to teach you, like I like to say, how to drive the car. We're driver training for video, Yeah. right? We teach you how to do it well from within. So there, you know, when you look at uh, the video and social media, they really go hand in hand, don't they? They do. They do. And it's why our signature training program is called Social Media Video Training Program. And it's so long and we've discussed this internally for seven years. We're like, can we not find something shorter or smaller? And it's, it's like, no, because folks can be doing video, but they need to know how to utilize that video, how to maximize that video on the social media platforms, in their newsletter, on their website. And so that's a part of our teachings and curriculum. So it's not enough to be creating video content. You need to know where to put it, how to put it, when to boost it, how to engage and that's also a part of our teachings and curriculum because it's all a part of the package. Mm-hmm. What about your uh, yourself and being an entrepreneur? Uh, you know how uh, how have you enjoyed the, that journey, or or maybe not enjoyed the actual <laughs> entrepreneurship part of it? Right. I love that you asked that, and in that way, um, because being an entrepreneur has definitely been the hardest the hardest thing I have ever done. And I, you know, was a co-executive producer. I ran a cast and crew of over 500 people. And I thought I was running and I thought I was hustling then. Nothing compares to owning your business. And I'm going to be honest, if somebody had told me what I was going to go through 
when I started this seven years ago, I don't know if I, I don't know if I would have. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that that's a good thing because here I am with something that I think is a pretty special and unique offering. Um, it's been tremendously difficult as a single parent because I'm the sole earner. And so not only are you hustling, you're running a business and you have the weight of providing for a team and ensuring that they get paid and that their families get fed. Um, but there's not a second income earner and there's not, you know, a net, if you will. And so a lot of people have said that was absolutely crazy. And I would have to absolutely concur yeah. <laughs> Like what I have done and I'm still doing, um, is tremendously difficult on my own. And, uh, that's definitely a testament to the tenacity, grit and insanity that I embrace, I think, <laughs> as a human being. Well, you know, I have a, uh, an old friend of, of mine that goes back like, uh, I don't know, 30 plus years and uh, he's an artist now. And, uh, uh, and well, not now he's been an artist for a long time, but, uh, but I remember uh, him telling me one day about, you know, uh, being an artist and then being a business owner. Right. And, uh, because there's two elements of what he does. Right. And I didn't understand what he was saying until, you know, I, I became myself the same thing. Right. Uh, you know, this is what I do as a journalist, but I also have the business part of it. How, what's your advice for people, uh, you know, to, uh, uh, you know, beyond taking care of what they actually do, but the business side of things, uh, any words of wisdom there for how to navigate that part of it? Yeah. Ask for help. Yeah. <laughs> so I am an A-type and I, I speak about this on stages and I talked on other podcasts about this and I just had this cloak on this do or die, this something to prove. And a lot of that comes from how I was raised and even my Ukrainian heritage, you know, the work ethic, the yeah. um, ingrained labor intensive hustle mentality that that's how you accomplish things in this world. And I was going to prove that I could do this all on my own, which sent me into burnout and hospitalization twice. Mm. So I am now in a position where I reach out and I ask for help. And there are a lot of people that have been through exactly what I have been through. And you don't need to, you know, cover your face, go into the gravel and take those falls and get that road rash, if you will, um, when you ask for help. And I wish I would have asked for help sooner. And that includes with the finances and being vulnerable to open up my books and to help and listen to input and feedback in regards to how to run a business. Because yeah. I know how to run a TV show and I know how to run uh, corporate videos and project lead and project manage. And I am a content creator and I am a visionary without question. But I never went to business school and I don't have any business experience. And all of the savvy has come through Road Rash mm. up until now. Yeah. And now I ask for help. Mm. So what do you do? I obviously... To not get burnt out, and and it's it's uh, you know it's an issue that really all entrepreneurs face because they're almost twenty four seven on the on the job. If they're not doing it, they're thinking about it, right? Uh, so so what do you do personally not to get to that state of burnout? It was interesting. I was just talking about this on another podcast the yesterday, and uh, I loved the way she put it, and I'm going to actually credit her. So Heather Roberts uh, and her podcast is Business Boundaries and Boobs uh, said, 
non-negotiable boundaries. And for me, that was radical self-care. Now, for women, radical self-care, self-care can be connected to, you know, wine with the girls or um, wine in the bathtub or wine, 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 or whatever the case may be. And I've fallen into that trap. No. Radical self-care is booking and blocking off time in your calendar in your morning to meditate or go for a run. Um, radical self-care is stopping at 3.30 when you have your kid, um, and I have her for 50% of the time on the weeks that I have her, and shutting down for the evenings to try and be present with her. Not always, not, yeah. It doesn't always work, but you try, right? Um, radical self-care is getting away and taking those breaks and knowing that your business isn't going to fall apart in those times, a lot of it has to do with trust. A lot of it has to do with setting up systems and maybe again, bringing in a team or even if you're a solopreneur, a partner or some referral partners or a structure, a support structure so that you need to be going all on all cylinders 24 seven because it is unsustainable. Yeah, exactly. Boundaries. (laughs) Boundaries. And I'm just learning about that and starting, you know, over the course of the last couple of years, and I've had to for my health. When you, uh, you look at your journey, um, uh, Jesse, uh, who has helped you along the way uh, in terms of uh, as a role model, perhaps, or a mentor? Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? I have had a, a couple definite defining mentors that changed the trajectory of my world and my life. And I love the opportunity to do a shout out. So there was, first of all, Susan Fetima Leonard, who was the president of WIFTA Women in Film and Television of Alberta. And when I left the show and left a relationship, uh, I was in a really, really bad state. I didn't know what I was going to do and I didn't know how I was going to feed my child. And she was there to just believe in me. And I love to say Modern Muse Media was forged from an ugly, ugly cry on the kitchen floor because it was. I was on the phone. I was in a heap and I was talking to her and I said I was going to quit. I wasn't even in the industry anymore. And she said, no, you're going to start a production company. We're going to be your first client and you're going to be vice president of WIFTA. And I just said, yes, okay," and trusted and took her figurative hand that was reaching through and allowed her to pull me up off that floor and just one day at a time. Mm. The other mentor was Dan Kern is um, Dan Kern. And he was just this is just the special human being that walked through the doors of our office was introduced to me by a woman who was shadowing and working with me, Catherine Mondragon, uh, my first muse. And Dan walked up to me and said, hey, have you ever thought about training other businesses and helping them share their story? And you have 20 years of experience and you, you would, it would be a shift in this direction. How do you feel about veering? Yeah. And, and I said, yes. And so that was about a year into the business. And that's when we developed the training arm and the curriculums and the workshops and things like that. We still had production at the time. We had a production arm and a training arm up until last year. But uh, those two uh, were definitely significant in the building of my business and this vision. So where do you think uh, the ability for yourself to, to, uh, to overcome challenges and obviously from from your conversation here there there has been challenges in your life and uh you know and and stuff you've gone through uh what do you think the 
the ability or the the the, the will, I guess, to uh, overcome those challenges comes from chemical makeup. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I honestly, it's, it's definitely a personality trait. I'm extremely driven, and uh, I guess never give up, right? And there are days. There are days when I feel like I want to. There are days where I just think it would just be so much easier to just take a job and make well over six figures again and not have any of this debt or these loans that are outstanding for building a team and building a, building a business and all of the stress in the world would go away, but it wouldn't. There'd be different problems and uh, and it's a passing thought. And so you let that pass through and you just dig deep. You dig deep and you find the energy or the something to focus on um, the smallest positive that will turn into larger positives to get you out of bed and to get you to keep going. And I'm really lucky. I got to tell you that most days I I really love what I do and I'm pretty excited and eager mm. to try new things or to talk to those clients or to meet with the team. Yeah. And uh and then there's yeah, there's definitely tough tough times throughout. So it's an it's an ebb and flow, and yeah. and it's really embracing that that's what what it's going to be. There was this little gif or gif or whatever you want to call it meme that I saw um, that was this chart of a like a day in the life of an entrepreneur, right? And you start up fresh and you're super enthused and excited, and then that's an hour and you're like, I just I can't go on, and then. Here it's like, okay, I got an interest of somebody else. And then you're down by lunchtime. You're like, I need to get a job. And then after lunch, you're up again. (laughs) This is a day in all in a day. And that's the reality, right? What do you do uh, outside of uh, work, I guess, to to, uh, give you some sense of, uh, I guess, stress release? I play pickleball. I play volleyball. I run. And most recently, I actually just auditioned for one of the lead singers of a, a corporate band, a band that's here in the city that's been around for many, many years. It's been about 20 years since I've sang with a band and been on stage. So our first gig is in April and uh, I'm incredibly nervous, but uh, it's a dream and it's a passion singing. So, yeah, I have kind of music. <laughs> well, they focus on the classics, the ones that get people up dancing and such. So mostly, you know, 70s and 80s and the, the really fun tunes, if you will. Uh, one of the songs I'll be singing is I Love Rock and Roll, Joan Jett, you know. Uh, huh? So, yeah. And um, and I think those things do keep me sane-ish. Uh, you know, when you're on the pickleball court or when you're out playing volleyball or... Um, when you're on stage, you're not thinking about the business. And so it yeah. does give you that mental break. You can't be thinking about the business. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely recommend carving out some things for yourself. And okay. that wasn't a thing that wasn't accessible for me up until the last years until my daughter's now of an age where she can be at home. So prior to that, I had to give up a lot of my extracurricular and such because I wasn't able to leave her. So this is really just opened up in my world, and I think it's helped a lot. Cool. Now I have to ask. Okay, you mentioned pickleball. I thought that was an old folks game. <laughs> uh, or hipsters. 
Okay. Uh, we're somewhere right in the middle. No, yeah, it's it was, it was, but it's really gaining momentum and it's super fun and it's filling up so fast. We actually weren't able to get into the, into the spring registration, but um, it's really widening its demographics. So yes, it was indeed, but uh, yeah, we've been playing for a year and a half, two years now, and we're definitely seeing a lot more young folks come out and uh, and we thought we were going to go in and kick some butt and <laughs> against some of the older uh, demographic, if you will. And they just slaughtered us. They yeah. just slaughtered us because all they do is play pickleball all day. So they're so good. <laughs> That's kind of like me when I I, I play uh, uh, bocce and uh, in the Italian league. And uh, it's those old guys that are like around 90. They just kick my butt all the time. Like, holy smoke. <laughs> Yeah, something to be said for experience, right? <laughs> that's, that's right, most definitely. So, um, I, I'm just curious. Uh, you know, when you talk about uh, uh, storytelling, mm. uh, and I think I remember seeing something uh, a while back about uh, storytelling being the new marketing. Uh, yeah. Do you think so? One hundred percent. Storytelling is the most powerful way to put ideas into the world. And I'm quoting somebody, uh, Robert Crouch, I believe. But essentially, that started with Simon Sinek in the why and what is your why and really embracing that and then teaching people how to drill down to that and then talking about the story and then furthermore, talking about their clients' stories and coming from a point of view that's about them rather than about you. Mm-hmm. So what is great is video is a powerful tool for storytelling. So uh, that all very much aligns. We cover that in our curriculum as well. Modules three and four are focus and story very specifically. So um, really work with clients to try and help them drill down on that so that they're able to utilize that in the ideation sessions they have with us in regards to video content. So what are you filming? What are you doing? What what are you, what kinds of videos are you making? And how do you tell stories through video? And mm-hmm. it's potent powerful stuff so um you're based in edmonton tell me a little bit about uh i don't don't know what is it like being an entrepreneur in edmonton and and in this province edmonton is definitely a fantastic place to run a business there are tremendous amount of communities of which i'm involved in so right now i'm the president of the edmonton business association and i'm also a member of the edmonton synergy network uh, I'm also a member of the Edmonton Chamber of Commerce and uh, and a few of the different chambers in and around surrounding areas. Uh, Edmonton has just that blue-collar, unique spirit. Yeah. And uh, it is known for that, even when in comparison to Calgary, which is slated to be much more white-collar. But what comes with that in Edmonton is that grounded approachability. And that is really what we do. You know, you're walking down the street, you do smile and wave at people. You run into, it's the big little city, right? You run into folks, you know, everywhere you go, everywhere you go. And so it it just is really supportive in regards to being an entrepreneur because there's so much connection and the ability to um, see people regularly and feel and feel connected yeah. within the community. Mm-hmm. So when you look at uh, you know the uh, the videos themselves uh, in in terms of who's doing them, uh, is it more 
I guess it is more easy for for somebody of a, a younger generation to embrace the idea of it because they've grown up with it and they see it everywhere as opposed to a 50 uh, to 60 year old businessman right or a businesswoman uh, um, uh, or are they get are they getting it now too it depends on the person. So you're absolutely right. Uh, I wasn't raised on technology and anyone, you know, 35 plus wasn't raised on technology. And so there's just more resistance to get through. And, but that's okay. You mm -hmm. know, it's just your own barriers that you're setting up in yeah. front of yourself because it's that excuse. Well, I'm not going to be able to do it. I wasn't raised on it. It's so easy for the young kids. Yes. Without question it is. It is. And mm -hmm. so with younger folks that are handling the marketing or um, social media management or whatever case the case may be, we're often leveling them up rather than starting in an entry level. So it's just more customized training. It's just coming at it depending mm -hmm. on where they're at. But we have worked with folks that didn't know how to find the cameras on their phone. Yeah. And we have trained them to do video. So if you have patience and kindness with yourself and can overcome some of that mindset block, that is, I'm too old for this technology, or that's for the young kids, or I'm never going to be able to do it, or I can't stand myself in front of the camera. That is the stuff most often that we need to get through versus the actual technology itself. Mm -hmm. Can a 50 or 60-year-old learn how to drive a car? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So why couldn't they learn how to operate a camera proficiently on their phone? It's yeah. a technical specialized skill. They just need somebody most often with them holding their hand or over their shoulder in person. Typically, that's how I learn best. Yeah. And that's why I built a business on that. And there to show them to hold their hand, right? Mm -hmm. Let's try it again. And then repetition. Let's do that again. Yeah. So drive to the place enough times and you're going to know how to get there on your own. True, true. If you weren't doing this, what, what do you think you'd be doing? I'd be a psychologist or oh. a neuro. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I love the brain. I love, uh, <laughs> well, maybe so sociologist. I, I, um, I'm huge into pro professional development and growth and, and study uh, attachment styles and consume. It's really funny. It's, it's not video stuff. Like you look at your passions when you, go to your Instagram channel and see all the folks you follow and it's French bulldogs and, uh, and anything to do with the uh, mind mindset, uh, psychology, attachment styles, those kinds of things and how the human, how humans work and connect and react and, mm -hmm. and, 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 and so it was funny cause I, I wanted to, my, my sister reminds me, uh, cause I talk about this stuff all the time and she goes, there's still time. You said that you were going to, you know, essentially go into the field, film and television, or become a psychologist. And that never left me. That's the fascination with the the brain and the human experience. Oh, interesting. Wow. Anything <laughs> else, uh, Jesse, you wanted to mention that I didn't bring up or didn't ask you? I don't know. I think you covered it. You know, you got the experience, the journalism, right? I love it. And uh, yeah, I feel like we, uh, it was very well-rounded. All right. Well, I uh, do get up to Edmonton often. I'll uh, have to make sure of uh, catching uh, one of your performances. And uh, I love rock and roll. Love to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I just want to thank you again, Mario, for this opportunity and for reaching out. And uh, and that was through LinkedIn. So obviously what we're doing um, mm -hmm. is walking the talk because you've 
saw me and saw us and uh, and that was was awesome in itself so all right wonderful thanks very much jesse for joining us today thank you Take all right that, that was jesse Huchak, who is founder and ceo of modern muse media i'm mario Toniguzzi, managing editor of canada's podcast on edmonton's podcast today thanks for joining us